0: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the Internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the Internet. On the internet, right now one of the top team-specific podcasts. Full stop any sport right now because Packer fans are stoked about their team making a playoff run. Thank you so much to everyone who has supported this show and been a part of it. And thank you if you are a new listener. We are the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And to that end... Our Crossover Wednesday show is today. Corbin Smith, who covers the Seahawks for Maven Sports Illustrated, is on the show. He is going to help us break down this marquee NFC playoff tilt between two teams that know each other extremely well, who are well-versed at winning their games at home. That has been the MO in this series, and so we are going to get to all of that. And it's just going to be a conversation. He'll ask me some questions. I'll ask him some questions. And we'll try and do our best to cover this game from as many angles as possible. Remember, Ben Baldwin from The Athletic is on the show tomorrow. And our live stream playoff edition on Periscope on Friday, 4 Central, 5 Eastern, to get you ready with injury reports and everything that you need to be prepared for the Packers to host the Seahawks at Lambeau. Hopefully they are prepared as well. All right, Crossover Wednesday, a playoff edition, and one of the hosts of Locked on Seahawks, Corbin Smith, is in the building. Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers, and this is a game that we've seen before. Uh, We we seem to see it every year, Green Bay and and Seattle going at it, but this is also a game with deep scar tissue for for Packer fans, and I, I think that's an appropriate way for us to start. The scar tissue I mentioned coming from that NFC Championship game back in the 2014 season, Green Bay's offense was awesome that year. MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Legion of Boom was still very much in play. That is not at all, Corbin, the the setup that we have going into this game on Sunday.
1: No, I mean, quite frankly, the Packers offense has been kind of mid-level this year. They're they're not Mm -hmm. the offense they had in 2014. And obviously the Seahawks don't have Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, any of those guys. Really the only mainstays they still have, Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright in the middle, and they're both playing outstanding. But that secondary, completely new look, they've made so many changes. Uh, They've got a player that the Packers are very familiar with in Quandre Diggs, who quite Mm -hmm. frankly has ended up being one of the best trades John Schneider has ever made, bringing him in. I still don't know why the Lions gave him up for a fifth round pick. It's extremely laughable the way that he has impacted this defense. That's all they had to give up to get him, and he's under contract. The Lions players were
0: pissed year. about it.
1: Oh, and they should have been. I mean, the, the guy is an outstanding player, extremely versatile. But the Seahawks were missing. Uh, they they needed a free safety badly. When Earl Thomas left, they tried to put Tedrick Thompson out there. That didn't work. They put Leno Hill back there. That didn't work. Marquise Blair, their second round pick, has some upside, but that didn't necessarily work in the few games they had him in there. Pete Carroll had some trust issues with the rookie not being prepared, so they went out and got Diggs. This is clearly not the same defense, but this is a Seahawks team that, unlike 2014, they are built around their offense, so it's a much different matchup than we've seen from these two teams in the past, Uh, but certainly I'm expecting another really close, tight game between these two teams.
0: That's usually what we get in any Seattle game. Seattle has has played a historic number of one-score games this year. And as Kevin Clark from The Ringer pointed out, the, the Seahawks are incapable of playing a non-weird game. So there will be weirdness, and I'm not sure that there is a team that strikes fear in the heart of Packer fans the way that the Seahawks do with Russell Wilson. There is no game that is going to feel out of reach. So that makes this matchup with the Packers' offense even more important because... This is a Seahawks defense that struggles to stop the run, 26th in run defense DVOA. And that is a little surprising considering they still have KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, outstanding linebackers. Jadavian Clowney is a great run defender, but they've had they've had issues really all season at at defending the run, and Green Bay's offense is at its best with the run game. For you, do you think Seattle is going to try and focus on stopping Aaron Jones? Is it going to be on Aaron Rodgers? I mean, if if you were going to handicap it, how do you think they'll attack this Green Bay offense?
1: I think it's going to be like it normally is for Pete Carroll's defense. He's going to emphasize getting the run stopped, and that doesn't mean that he's disrespecting Aaron Rodgers. It's just Aaron Jones is the kind of player, his ability to run the football and catch out of the backfield he can single-handedly wreck your game plan and and that's the kind of running back in today's nfl that is most dangerous the guy that can do a little bit of everything so uh, this seahawks defense i think it's been the the numbers are a little misleading because they've had a couple games they've been really bad defending the run and then you take those out of the equation you put uh, the rest of the games out there they've been steady The big issue, they lost Al Woods to suspension a few weeks ago. That's ended up being a really big loss figuratively and literally losing a 330, 340 Mm -hmm. pound guy that can stuff the middle. They they've certainly missed him. And really what's been surprising has been their issues with run fits as of late. And I think part of that, they've had to mix some younger guys into the lineup. Rookie Cody Barton is playing yep. now instead of Michael Kendricks who tore his ACL and he's had some issues with his run fits he looked better against Philadelphia on Sunday obviously the Eagles are missing almost all their starters on offense so there's only so much you can take from that but he's made improvements now in his three starts they like his upside he's a really good coverage linebacker so I think they're going to go into this game with Quandre Diggs being back in the lineup Bradley McDougall playing really well at the other safety spot they like their two they like their two corners on the outside and Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers. Uh, this matchup is going to be a test for them going against Adams and company, but they're obviously going to respect Rodgers. They're going to do everything they can to try to get pressure on him, but I think it all comes down to stopping the run first. From the Packers' perspective, though, I'd like to hear your viewpoint on this. You know, I know you mentioned they're at their best running the football, but this is a Seahawks defense that has at times this year – had some major issues giving up big chunk plays they've had Mm -hmm. issues with giving up a bunch of yardage after the catch it's been inconsistent for them they let Matt Schaub throw for 450 yards against him earlier this year and that was before Quandre Diggs I will add that in there but Mm -hmm. uh, this is a defense that's had its trouble do you think Green Bay might be looking at this matchup thinking okay run game has really fueled our offense but This is a matchup that Aaron Rodgers should be able to capitalize on with the receivers he's got going against Seattle's defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think back to that 2016 game, and I know a lot of different players, it's a different coaching staff for Green Bay, and right away they go deep to Devontae Adams. It's a touchdown, and that sets the whole tone. It it turns into a boat race, and it is uh, the the kind of thing where I, I think Rodgers last year was able to create down the field even in a year where he was playing on a pretty serious leg injury with a group of receivers that are less than extraordinary. He had two huge plays to Devontae Adams. I think it was the only game last year where a quarterback completed two 50-yard air-yard throws. There was the touchdown to, to Big Bob Tanyan and, and the the shot played at Devontae Adams. They had a different one that wasn't quite as long. This has been their MO all season. They want to push the ball down the field. They want to create these shot plays. And I was actually just looking at the pro football focus numbers because I'm working on a piece about Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have both been extremely aggressive, among the most aggressive quarterbacks in football, at trying to push the ball down the field. That is by design this year, a little bit more than last year, where Mike McCarthy wanted to be a rhythm-passing offense Matt Lafleur wants to be a shot play offense. He wants to be outside zone to outside zone play action into shot plays, and that's what Aaron Rodgers wants to do too. He wants to sling it down the field. They found a secondary target in Alan Lazard, and I'll be I'll be interested to see how Green Bay wants to attack these corners because Devontae Adams has had success pretty much against anyone that that they put on him, and, and the expectation I would think is that Seattle is not going to match. With with Griffin or Flowers, uh, they're just going to play what they play, which is what they have always done. So I'm 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 also keeping an eye on how Seattle wants to defend Aaron Jones out of the backfield. You mentioned that KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner are great in coverage, but there have been issues defending the tight end, issues defending the middle of the field. How do you How do you think they'll approach handling Aaron Jones and and Jamal Williams, assuming he plays, in terms of their
1: ability to create as receivers? I think that's going to come down to Barton, who I just mentioned a few moments ago. He's a former safety uh, before he went to the University of Utah. He's got a safety background, and you can see that with how smooth he is in coverage. And that's one thing that they can take from this last game against the Eagles. Philadelphia's got a couple really good receiving running backs in mm-hmm. Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, and I thought that Cody Barton did a fantastic job mirroring those guys in coverage, limiting their opportunities. I mean, those two running backs had 41 catches combined. in the previous four games for Philadelphia. And part of it was because they had no healthy receivers. But these guys are really good. Receiving running backs. And I thought Cody Barton did an excellent job in that capacity. So I'm expecting this week that he's going to get plenty of opportunities uh, to go against Aaron Jones in coverage. Maybe you might end up seeing one of the other linebackers matched up on him occasionally, but that seems to me like that'll be Cody Barton's job. Bradley McDougal's had some reps against running backs, but I think in this game you're going to see him against Jimmy Graham and the Packers tight ends. That's what they had him doing against the Eagles. He was on Zach Ertz, limited him to one reception for eight yards when he was in coverage against him so they've had their issues with tight ends they've had their issues defending running Mm -hmm. backs but I actually think Cody Barton might be better in that capacity than Michael Kendricks what what Barton has struggled with has been those run fits and he isn't as good of a blitzer as what Michael Kendricks is and with the the fact the Seahawks have not been able to consistently rush the passer to me that's the biggest thing in this game coming off a game he got seven sacks against the Eagles their offensive lines in shambles Green Bay's got a really good front line, haven't given up a ton of pressure to Aaron Rodgers this year. If they're not able to get that pressure, it's going to create those opportunities for those downfield shot plays that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers want. And so that's really going to be the key more than anything. I think they like Cody Barton against the running back. I think they like their matchups against their tight ends. But if they're not able to get to Rodgers and and able to force him into some quick throws, they could be in a little bit of trouble because of their secondary, even with Quandre Diggs back there.
0: And I was going to ask you about that pass rush because Seattle is not a team that, that wants to send a lot of pressure. They're not going to be one of these Steve Spagnuolo and, and you know Rex Ryan type defenses that wants to dial up pressure 35-40% of the time. They're going, to, they're going to bring four pretty consistently, and they're going to be judicious about when they send extra pressure. If they can't get home,
1: what's the plan? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you know what the Seahawks are going to want to do. They and they've been able to do it more effectively with Diggs back there. You're going to have that single yeah. high safety that's rangy, which they didn't have before they traded for him, and that certainly has helped the two corners on the outside. They missed him badly the last two games of the regular season when they had Leno Hill back there, which that ended up being a train wreck, some of the worst pursuit angles I've ever seen from a safety with him in the lineup and Getting digs back certainly helps there but if they're not able to get pressure it's it's put a lot of strain on their linebackers because they're running so much base defense Mm -hmm. with three linebackers on the field. And that's really their strength because the linebacking group might be the best unit that they have on defense, especially when they had Kendricks healthy in the lineup. Uh, But it puts more strain on Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright in coverage being in that base defense. And if they're not able to use that front four to get home, if Clowney, if Ziggy Ons is able to play in this game, uh, Quentin Jefferson, those guys cannot get consistent pressure with their four guys coming, no blitzers and they have to start bringing Barton, they have to start bringing Wagner, that just opens up more opportunities in the middle of the field. And Some of these guys in the back half of the defense are a little questionable making tackles, and you can pick up big yards after the catch. So We've seen it time and time again. Tampa Bay game, they gave up big yardage. Atlanta, the second half, big yardage because they just could not get pressure. You allow Aaron Rodgers to have that much time, then there's a chance this game could get really ugly. I, the, the pressure aspect to me is vital, especially playing on the road. That's the only way they're going to create turnovers. And I feel like they've got to have at least a turnover to, or two in this game to have any chance. And and quite frankly, as you can attest to, this is a Green Bay offense that, uh, especially with Rodgers not being a guy that throws a lot of interceptions, you're going to only get a select few opportunities to generate those turnovers anyway.
0: Yeah, this is uh, one of the uh, best teams at protecting the ball. It is a a residual effect of the Mike McCarthy era where they were consistently uh, one of the best teams at protecting the ball. And, And this year they've been great at turning it over, top three in turnover differential Essentially all season. Let's put a bow on this conversation here. I just would like to add that I think one thing that you'll see a lot of this week is Green Bay going heavy personnel into play action, two tight ends, three tight ends, two running Mm -hmm. backs, a lot of of trying to get and keep Seattle in that base defense and then try and stress them down the field, see if they can get them caught in that those single high looks and get two receivers running free down the field. Obviously not free necessarily, free-free, but I think you, you get what I'm saying here. Uh, when we come back, we will flip the script. Russell Wilson will take the field against Mike Patton's defense, Adarius Smith, et cetera, and we will break down the game from that standpoint. All right, we'll get back to Crossover Wednesday in just a second. But before we do, by now you've heard me read the ads. You've heard me make the puns, the innuendos about not being able to perform. And this is a matter of confidence. Confidence is so important in the playoffs for professional athletes, for the Packers going in to beat Seattle. They have to have confidence that they can perform. And if that's something you're struggling with, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com to try it free. All right, so I want to start with Russell Wilson because the Seahawks start with Russell Wilson, and they have for a long time, and this was a season where for at least the first half-plus of the year, he was a legitimate MVP candidate, waned a little bit in November and December, but is still capable of making any play at any time. We saw it late in that Eagles game. If you're just going to assess... The quality of this offense at this point. I know there's a lot of consternation in Seahawks Nation among the 12s about the kind of offense with Russell Wilson and not letting him be more of a of a throw it around the yard kind of quarterback. I assume they're going to stick to that plan on Sunday.
1: Well, it's interesting going into this match. I, I don't know that Seattle will actually do this, but uh, because we know what they love to do. They love to run the ball and got Marshawn Lynch back in uniform. And and quite frankly, you look at the numbers he's put up. He's averaging like one point something yards per carry, but he it's scored two touchdowns and it's not his fault. It, I don't think it's an indication of what he's capable of doing. I mean, he's been getting battered in the backfield half the time he touches the ball and, Think he's still got some juice left in his legs. I look at the Packers' front line and they've they been they've been hit on the run game a little bit this year. They're, mm-hmm. they're not the Philadelphia Eagles front line. I mean, Fletcher Cox was single-handedly destroying Seattle's run game before it could get going. I don't think the Packers have any players the caliber of Fletcher Cox in the middle, and that's not taking anything away from Kenny Clark. I think he's a very solid interior defensive lineman, but I do expect the Seahawks are going to be trying to get that run game going. Pete Carroll said Lynch is going to get more touches. He's going to be on the field more his third week back that makes sense he's getting back into football shape they can get him the football and I look at this Packers team with the way they're constructed you've got the two pass rushing Smiths the stack Smiths as I call them on the outside those guys I think you can mitigate them a little bit by running at them so Seahawk fans might not want to hear that because they're wanting Russell Wilson to air it out a little bit more but I actually think this could be a game that they can get that run game back established a little bit and they're able to add a little more balance to their offense after really being heavily reliant on russell wilson against the eagles but this goes back to my main point i was going to make at the beginning of this I don't think the Seahawks are going to do this, but I look at the Packers, they've got a lot of really good statistics against the passing game, 17 interceptions this year. They've mm-hmm. done well at limiting yards after the catch, uh, air yards, they're not one of they're, they're in the middle of the pack for the league, so they've been respectable there, but they've given up 15 pass plays of 40 yards or more. Only mm-hmm. the Raiders have given up more. So I look at Seattle's receivers, the strengths of those players. You talked about the Packers wanting to take their shots. The Seahawks want to take their shots. Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball throwers in football. He's going to make those throws as long as he has time to do that. And you've got D.K. Metcalf, an absolute monster as a rookie. Saw what he could do against the Eagles the other day. Tyler Lockett on the other side. The Packers have some really good young corners, but they have been suspect to giving up those explosive plays so you got to wonder if Seattle's going to come out early, being aggressive, trying to get Lockett, trying to get uh, Metcalf, David Moore, those guys, the football vertically because the Packers have had some issues with that this season. I guess the real key is, can they get any protection for Russell Wilson? We know the Packers have always gotten after him. And clearly everybody knows about the Smith brothers going after the quarterback off the edge. But Kenny clark got six sacks, too. How do you like this matchup for that front line from a pass rushing perspective, especially if Dwayne Brown and Mikey Potty can't play in this game, uh, second straight playoff game, that the Seahawks are with backups on the left side of the line?
0: Honestly, I don't think it matters who plays for Seattle. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, you, you'd uh, you'd rather, if you're the Seahawks, have those guys because they're better than their backups. But I want to push back a little bit on what you said about running at Z'Darrius Smith and and the interior presence because one key that Mike Patton has found over the last month, month and a half, is he started using Zadarius Smith as a stand-up, roving, uh, just sort of jack-of-all-trades kind of player and he's lining up in the A gap as a standup rusher. They're putting him at 3 technique. They're moving him all over and especially on early downs. They're using him a little bit as an interior run blitzer and saying if you're going to try and, and run against this defense, you're going to have to you're going to have to make sure you block Zadarius Smith. And team after team has just been unable to do it. I mean, we saw on Monday night against the Vikings a, a couple weeks ago, they had no answers for him. And when you put him over a center and a guard, and you've got Kenny Clark and Zedaria Smith standing up in the A-gap, and then you've got Preston Smith on the outside, it almost doesn't matter who the other defensive lineman is. They don't need another defensive lineman. They've had some four-rusher looks with Rashawn Gary, the first-round pick, Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith, and Kenny Clark. That has been effective. And one thing Green Bay did last year that that was effective as well is they rushed three and used Kyler Fackerel as a spy. Tyler Fackrell had one of his best games as a Packer last year against the Seahawks. Their three-man rush this year is the best in football, and I know that's a weird thing to brag about, but Mike Patton is really good at showing five, showing six, only bringing three and still scheming up a free hitter. It is, it is truly a remarkable skill. It is the only way I approve of a three-man rush in almost any situation. And they've been so good at it in in part because they've been able to scheme free hitters, but also in part because guys like Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith have been so good at beating individual blocks as well as double-team blocks. So I like the matchup there. Uh, and as you mentioned, the, the Seahawks offensive line is banged up. Even when healthy, they've had issues protecting Russell Wilson, one of the most pressured quarterbacks in football this year. The pass rush win rate is not great. Uh, the pressure numbers are ugly. So I am I, I am worried about the big plays and I'm, I'm worried about the blitzes, especially if Green Bay. If Green Bay plays conservatively on defense, not something I normally support. If Green Bay plays conservatively on defense and does not give up big plays, what is the path for this team to score? I mean, what have they leaned on when they haven't been able to find Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf down the field? Because to my eyes, it's been a pretty inconsistent offense otherwise if they're not hitting those plays. They've just hit those plays enough that it hasn't mattered. They've been really good at
1: this. Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) And it's kind of like when you mentioned on the defensive side of the ball, if they're not able to get home, if the Seahawks are not able to get some of those explosives downfield with the running back injuries that they've got, I mean, this offense was really clicking when Rashad Penny was starting to figure things out. Then he tears his ACL. Chris Carson cracks his hip in week 16. So they're down their top two running backs. And that obviously has taken away some of the balance that they had. And it's put even more on Russell Wilson's plate. But I think the one thing that I've noticed this year, and they've been inconsistent about it, but the Seahawks have a couple receivers that are really good after the catch, and they had a few games early in the year. The Pittsburgh Steelers win in week two, I was like, oh, they barely held on. That's not a big win, but that Steelers defense is actually pretty darn good. By the end of the season, they, they were one of the better units in the AFC The Seahawks were able to get that quick passing game going and get DK Metcalf, David Moore, the football, have them break some tackles, make some guys miss. And there were some plays in this game against the Eagles on Sunday where they were able to do that. I think they're going to have to have a few plays like that where Russell Wilson's unloading the football quickly and playmakers have to make plays. David Moore, DK Metcalf, those guys, they have got to be able to to make defenders miss and Metcalf's case, just run over people. I mean, I I just can't get Mm -hmm. over how a man that size can run the way that he does, but they've got the weapons to be able to do that. They've been good at screens this year. They just, for whatever reason, Brian Schottenheimer doesn't think they should run them very often. They've actually been decent when they've ran screens though. I like Travis Homer, their sixth round pick at running back in the screen game too. He's a really solid receiver. So they have the guys to be able to do that Will they actually be able to execute a game plan? That is built around a quick strike passing game. That's where the real issue comes into play. I don't know how confident Seahawk fans should be in that, and and that's not knocking necessarily on Brian Schottenheimer. I actually think he's done a decent job this year, but that is not a strong point for him when the first couple of things he wants to do are not working. Uh, being able to find successful adjustments in game—that's why I was a little surprised they were able to do a few things in this Eagles game that they made adjustments on. But that's not always their strongest point. If they're if the Packers are able to take away those explosives, the play action shots, uh, given the run game issue Seattle's got right now, uh, then it's going to be problematic for them to be able to put points on the board. There's no question about it. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of
0: too high safeties for Green Bay. And you have they, to. Get, they've given up some big plays when they've played that single high look. Teams have been able to get after them uh, on, on plays where the the free safety cuts the crosser and then and the backside corner can't get back, they've they've given up a couple huge plays, touchdowns. Uh, I'm thinking of the Vikings game, the 49ers game, and they just can't afford to do that in this game. So I think you're going to see a lot of two deep. I think you're going to see a lot of man underneath, at least um, on on uh, on on situations where they're not you know third and ten. But their their goal is going to be to play a little conservatively, I think, and and you're going to see more zone coverage from them than we're used to seeing. Some more quarters, some more cover, two than maybe we're used to seeing, just so you can make sure you have two deep safeties at all times to, to contain guys like D.K. Metcalf. And under no circumstances should you cover zero blitz Russell Wilson. Just do not do it. It doesn't make sense. I don't know why anyone does it. I don't know why Jim
1: Schwartz. You'd think people would learn, but the the only team I can think of that's had any success doing that is the Arizona Cardinals occasionally. And again, I I don't I'm sure the Packers Why is it
0: random teams teams. have their numbers? Yeah. I'm
1: sure the Packers have a few opponents like that too. For whatever mm -hmm. reason, the Seahawks, when they play the Cardinals, and it's always at Seattle. The Cardinals just become Goliaths. When they play at CenturyLink Field, (laughs) and they've had success being able to blitz Wilson, but he's normally a lethal quarterback if you blitz, and we know the Packers already are one of the lower blitz rates in the NFL, too. They don't bring extra pressure very often. I would expect they're going to stick with that just because... If you start bringing extra guys, uh, that is just creating more opportunities, in my opinion, for them to be able to bust a few big plays. And if this offense gets those big explosives humming, they can be really difficult to slow down, even with the injuries they've had.
0: Yeah, it's exactly why I like Green Bay's matchup on this uh, on this game, because they can rush for and create pressure without having to send extra guys. You send extra guys, Russell will eat you for breakfast. One of the best quarterbacks in the league against pressure uh and, and against the blitz. So you just you just don't want to do it. And and that's that's the reality of the situation if you're Mike Petten, who has been much more disciplined this year at picking his spots when it comes to coverage and and wanting to play some coverage versus playing to be
1: aggressive and attacking with the
0: blitz. So uh let's let's finish up here with predictions.
1: So I... (laughs) I think this game is going to be extremely close. We mentioned at the beginning of the show. When these two teams get together, except for that 38-10 debacle where Russell Wilson threw five interceptions and four of them were not his fault, Uh, You know that was a crazy game that if the balls went a little bit differently on a few of those, we might be having a different discussion. But it ended up snowballing on them. Aside from that, though, these games typically go down to the wire when these two teams play. I don't expect anything different. And you mentioned the fact the Packers can get after the quarterback rushing three or four plays. I think that's certainly going to be an impact in this game, but I still, I like the matchups for Metcalf and Lockett, regardless of the coverage that the Packers throw at them. I I think that the Seahawks are still going to have some opportunities if they can capitalize on them and if they can protect Russell Wilson. I think the Seahawks defensively, they have the personnel to be able to hold up decently enough against this Packers offense. I think that they're going to be able to get a little bit of pressure. Clowney looked healthy. This past game, if he's able to come out and have the same spring in his step, that's going to be a big difference maker for them. I was very torn on this. I was thinking twenty-one seventeen either way. I, I just have a feeling it's going to be a lower scoring game than we've seen in the past from these teams. I just have a feeling there's going to be a few turnovers in this game. And at the end of the day, I decided to roll the dice. I think Seattle holds on twenty-one seventeen. And my crazy prediction, I, I said this na- on a couple national shows today, I think Marshawn Lynch is going to score a touchdown late in this game, his third touchdown in three games. He might not run for many yards, but I just have a feeling that Beast Mode is going to enact a little bit of revenge in Green Bay, and he's going to help push his team to the NFC Championship game.
0: I respectfully disagree. Uh, I I think this is... This is a game that Green Bay, you like the matchups. I love the matchups for the Packers in this game. I think they have two corners who match up well with what Seattle wants to do. I think the ability to rush with four is great. They have the advantage defensively in the trenches. I think they have the advantage offensively in the trenches. And at home, Aaron Rodgers, I like this 27-21. I think it's close-ish, but I think Green Bay has an opportunity here with the extra rest. They come in healthier, especially even if guys like Dwayne Brown and Mike Upotty play, they're going to be banged up. I, I like this matchup for the Packers, and it has been, we were talking off air, that this has been a, a series for the home team. And Green Bay at home this season, best home team in the league. I know the Seahawks have also been the best road team in the league, but the playoffs are a different beast. Uh, this is not Josh McCown and Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and Greg Ward and I, I don't know, the the random players they were pulling off the street in Philadelphia this is a this is a different beast and i like the packers uh in, in a game that i think will will be close but that i think green bay will control most of the way as we said at the top it it, it will be impossible for seattle to play a non-weird game this is going to be a weird game it's in their dna it is and it should be it should be a fun one so i'm looking forward to it uh enjoy it and uh, we'll talk to you down the road sounds good
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, I want to thank Corbin again for joining the show. Great to talk to him. Uh, He is someone who absolutely knows what he's talking about. He is in the building with those Seahawks teams. He's at practice. And so he, he has the scoop. I think he's wrong about how this game is going to play out, but, you know, it is what it is. You can follow him on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Find his stuff at the Seahawks Maven. You can also follow them at Seahawks Maven. A great thing to do this week just to see all the stuff that, that they're putting out and to get a perspective from them on what they're seeing, what they're going to be planning on doing, and a great way to gain some perspective on what's going on with the Packers' opponent this week. Remember Ben Baldwin tomorrow from The Athletic going to be a fun show we're going to have fun with ben ben is a good guy and i'm not going to let him off the hook don't worry i'm not going to let him off the hook but we should have a good conversation about the packers and the seahawks and then remember our periscope show on friday live show video you can i don't have the beard anymore i don't have the mustache anymore i am i am clean shaven for the first time in a long time and no that's not a blue chew ad either you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920 341 3775 to stay Locked On Packers.